Because of the ship. I am. How did they find the island? You'll have to ask them when they get here. I don't have to ask. You brought them here. You're trying to prove me wrong, aren't you? You are wrong. Am I? They come, fight, they destroy. It always ends the same. It only ends once. Anything that happens before that, it's just progress. Do you have any idea how badly I want to kill you? Yes. One of these days, sooner or later, I'm going to find a loophole, my friend. Well, when you do, I'll be right here. Always nice talking to you, Jacob. Nice talking to you, too. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week, we are revisiting Lost Season 5, Episode 16 and 17, The Incident, Parts 1 and 2. And today, we have a very special guest that we have been uh, dropping hints about and outright saying he's going to be here. Uh, Mr. Des Combs, welcome to the show again. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. She says welcome back, even though she doesn't remember one of the times that you were on before. And I do appreciate that. (laughs) I have short-term memory loss. (laughs) My memory resets every six months. It's very sad. Is this like a 50 50 first dates kind of thing? No, it's a a newer and rarer. Ah. Yeah. It's like an Adrian Pememento. 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 Oh, yeah. Pemento. Yeah, finding What's, Dory. What is? That? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I love Jason Manzukis. He is so damn funny. Anything he's in is perfect. His podcast is hysterical. He has a podcast. Him, uh, Paul Shear, and uh, Paul Shear's wife—I can't remember her name. Um, they do a podcast called uh, "How Did This Get Made," and oh, they okay. just—they 
they just do they just review horrible movies and they they discuss and some of the movies that they talk about are actually movies that i love like they've done con air and face off and, um, the furious. and the furious they have done all the fast <laughs> and the furious movies and they love them how about ready player one that's probably one of them too i don't know if they did ready player one but you Garbage might actually movie. you might actually like the the Fast and Furious ones, even though you haven't seen the movie, um, only because they go through the descriptions of the movie. But one of their guests that they bring on for those episodes, because he loves the movies too, is Adam Scott. I do love, and Adam I know you're a big Scott. fan of Adam Scott. <laughs> he, I just just saying his name makes me happy. It's very strange. Now you can't. The smile is is there forever. <laughs> <laughs> are you still are you still as big of a fan though, knowing that he loves the Fast and the Furious movies? Yes, he knows who he is. No one's perfect. He is a perfect Close. human being. He is perfect. Adam Scott is perfect. <laughs> and pocket-sized. He, that's okay. And, and pocket-sized. I'm pocket-sized. I'm sure you have, and I'll, I'll bring this up and then we'll, we'll, we'll start talking about the episode uh, or episodes. But I'm sure you have, but have you seen the Jimmy Kimmel that Kristen Bell hosted in Jimmy Stead and brought Adam Scott on as a guest and they brought in a special guest for him. He, no, and he lost his mind. He lost his shit. It was the greatest thing ever. Oh, yes, it wasn't a sloth, so, was it? No. So no, that's Kristen Bell's big thing. So Des, so Kristen brings him on and she gets him telling this story about when he was, I think like five or six years he was, old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a huge Star Wars fan, and he wrote a letter to Mark Hamill inviting him to his birthday party. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I've never, like, he's, he's never assumed that he would come. And then all of a sudden, the Star Wars music plays, and Mark Hamill comes out. <laughs> and, like, you can visually see, like, his hand is shaking. He's so no, over. He, he is immediately transported back to a yeah. child. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. Yeah, it's it's such a great clip, and I love yeah, that was a very Ben Wyatt moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't do the stu- he didn't make that stupid face. I'm she's gonna make that stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> this, welcome just, back to the Adam Scott <laughs> fan club <laughs> po- podcast. That should be a where thing. we talk about lost. Yeah, that should be a thing. The Adam so, Scott cast. It will be eventually. Oh, I'm gonna be the host. <laughs> See? I'm excited. Um, Des, I'm excited to have you on here because I know that um, Juliet and Elizabeth Mitchell is, you know, a really big part of your fandom with this show. Oh, yeah. She was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And so, not to sound like a misogynist, excuse me, misogynistic pig. Yeah. Her boobs look really good in these episodes. <laughs> her boobs always look good. I wish I had her boobs. Oh, Elizabeth Mitchell, I'm so sorry, but your boobs are perfect. Just to let you know. And <laughs> in exceptional. And- Oh. Yes. And in recent news, Elizabeth Mitchell turns down opportunity to be a guest on Revisited Podcast. <laughs> Wonder why. No, she is, I mean, no, you're I mean, you're right. Like the whole boobs aside thing. Like she is um she's a great actress. She's a gorgeous actress. Like mm-hmm. I mean, even as like Mrs. Claus in the Santa Claus movies, I mm-hmm. loved seeing her return to the role in the Santa Clauses with uh you know, Tim Allen, the Disney plus series. And she, she seamlessly, she's like another one that just does it. She ages incredibly well. Beautifully. Yeah. I yes. like her skincare routine. Well, I'm, I also loved her in, did you ever see uh, the show Des revolution? Yeah, I did. 
Okay, yes. I loved, loved that it. show, and when it got canceled, I was so pissed. Yeah. I forgot she was in that. She oh, was, she was in the, it. The scientist's wife, or she yeah. was a scientist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was the scientist, and um, she ends up being. Well, I mean, it's an it's an old show. Can I spoil it? We're a spoiler filled podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. She yeah. ends up being the main character's mom, right. that the that the main character thought was dead. And so, and, and, and she then, was kind like, of on the bad side, but kind of working for good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She was, she was such a cool character. And, um, I was very sorry to see that show canceled. I thought that, I thought it was a really good show. Do you know what other movie she's in? And it's, I think, I feel like it's a very underrated movie, but I actually really love it is, do you remember the movie Frequency? Yes. She's oh, the mom in Frequency. That was her. Yeah. Because I didn't really know who she was at that point. She's yeah, just a pretty mom. Because that was 2000. So we're talking like 23 years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah she is. She's the mom in, in awesome. Frequency. Yeah. yeah. She's just a really fantastic actress. Loved her in V, which kind of spoiled me for this episode because I knew she was going to be doing V the next season. Oh, it had already yeah. been It had already been released. So I was kind of like, well, she's probably not going to get out of this. Well, you know, <laughs> though, though, um, who is it? Claire. Claire was off doing something. I don't think it was once upon a time. Cause we did the math on that. Yeah. But, that was um, after. Yeah. Yeah. But she was doing something else. I mean, she was gone the whole fifth season, but I know she's coming back for the sixth season. So I'm wondering what that scheduling conflict was or if so it was I, just on yeah, purpose. I'm, try, I'm trying to look it Do up. You know, now. Des, I don't remember her being in anything in that. T- the only thing I really knew her from was Roswell. Oh yeah, that's right. She was on that before. Um, she did do, um, she did do the Hills have eyes in 2006. Yes. Which was a film. Okay. Um, and that would have been the right timing. No, would it though? Because lost ended in 2010. So, I mean, it could be, was it? it okay. Yeah. I mean, the, oh it, yeah, it, it was. The timing when, did, when did, um, once upon a time start like the next year after, right? Lost, if I remember right. Once upon a time started in 2012. Oh, okay, uh, two years. So, like two years later. So, I okay. once upon a time was not the reason why she was out. It might have just been. It looks like she did do a couple movies in between. She did uh, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. She did The Perfect Game, Public Enemies with uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, Ooh, I mentioned The Hills Have Eyes. So, I mean, she did a couple movies in between. So maybe she just took a break to do to work on a film career. Ah, the Jennifer Aniston move. Is that what it is? That's why Friends owes me six episodes. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> Was there six episodes without her? There, no. They <laughs> every season has twenty four episodes of Friends, oh. except for the last season. It has eighteen episodes because Jennifer Aniston said, "I have to stop by January, blah blah blah, to focus on my film career." And I'm like, you can't give a couple extra months to the show that made your career, that is the biggest thing since whoa, Sliced whoa, Bread on whoa. TV, uh, made her career. Leprechaun. <laughs> and the Ferris Bueller TV show. Oh, I'm so Come sorry. On. You're right. She was You're huge. right. Friends owes her a favor. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It wouldn't have even been a couple months. It would have been six weeks. Yeah. For six episodes, she would have yeah. gotten six million dollars more, right. and then she could have, and then she, her career would have been fine. The morning show didn't start until two years ago. It would have been fine, and I would have had my six episodes, and maybe we could have had a Ross and Rachel wedding. But no, no, <laughs> couldn't do that. Nope. 
Oh boy, man. Things have gone off the rails on the Adam <laughs> Scott podcast. I tell you Had right they now, put in six more episodes, though, it would have been before the finale. It, they would have still not had a wedding. To, you know? Yeah, huh? No. It's because they... They would have no, just it's, dragged it's, it's, it out the, longer. The story would have still ended with, I got off the plane. Ugh. I want a wedding. <laughs> I want a wedding. Jill's going to be so mad. Every single time Jill gets really mad at something I say on the podcast, she texts me. <laughs> Last week, it was uh, my opinions on white chocolate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. There is nothing better than white chocolate on peanut butter eggs or white okay. chocolate wow, on pretzels. What? Okay. No. I, five years ago. We'll get to lost would, in a moment, people. Would, I would have agreed with you. But I, as you get older and tastes change, yes, I am so true. much more into dark chocolate than any other kind of chocolate. White chocolate has gone from the top of my list to the bottom of my list in the last five years or so. What is it that? Yeah. Okay. That's what you did. You just pulled out white chocolate. Don't worry. That wasn't um, <laughs> somebody doing construction that you felt in your ears. That was uh, that was Des just digging through a coffee mug of candy. <laughs> Oh, no, this is my Easter candy leftovers. Oh, dear God. There's candy canes in it, too. <laughs> well, Christmas, too. Well, okay. <laughs> For those of you not watching the video version of the podcast. Yep. Now, 12 minutes, a, 12 minutes a, into the podcast, let's talk about a, the episode. A, a huge bucket of candy. Yeah. <laughs> Giant bucket of candy. You know, <laughs> it's like a bucket can. that you would put, like, socks into or something like that. <laughs> Or pails of water to a well. Yeah, there you go. Nope. <laughs> Easter and uh, Christmas candy. Yep. All right, let's get, yeah, let's get on because uh, there's a lot. There's so much that happens. <laughs> okay, so how episode. do we want to do this? We want to do over the both episodes. We want to take each episode at a time. I, I think, I mean. Des, what would just... you want to do? See, I remember watching it as one episode. Me too. Yeah, it was one night. They yeah. air, they aired in the same night, yeah. So, but there before, is a lot to unpack, so it might. I don't know. I, bef- before we get started, uh, just a reminder: this is a spoilerful podcast. So, if we're going to talk, we might talk about things. I don't know if we're going to go much further past this episode, but there's always a chance we could talk about next season uh, as we move forward with the story. And as I mentioned too, the video versions are now available, and they are available in two places now. As not only are they on our YouTube page, which you can find links to on revisitedpod.com, but since we are a Podcastica, a part Podcastica podcast, the videos are now available also on the Podcastica YouTube page. So there's more than one place you can find us now as far as the video versions go. All right. Yeah. But exciting. I I think like I think as far as this goes, these last couple of episodes of the podcast. We haven't really been going point to point. We've really just picked a starting point and then rolled with it. And I've kind of actually really enjoyed that. Sure. So I think let's just start at the beginning and talk about Jacob and the man in black. I think that's a really good spot to start only because, you know, Jacob after five seasons is finally seen in the flesh. Here he is. And he's a weaver. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, yarn. Even, I didn't even think about the weaver part of it, but yeah, I mean, and that's a huge connection too, because now that you said that it ties into the last scene of the episode yep. as well mm-hmm. of well, the, the huge it's right there on the wall. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, it also ties into the whole episode when you really think about it. I mean, he is weaving his own story on the island, and he does so by leaving the island and and making sure that he is touching each and every person that he deems to be a future candidate. I right? love that, that, too. There's more to it than that, though. Go. Okay, because I'd always thought, oh, yeah, he t- I was writing down, this is where he touched her. This is where he touched him. He also, not everyone, he actually gave them something. He did. I, I thought right. ab- I, th- I thought about that too, and not not to cut you off too much, but uh, like my my initial thought as as I was watching that was like, oh, like he's actually giving them an item because he gives Kate the lunchbox, which ends mm-hmm. up being the time capsule. He gives James the pen that he writes the note with, but then nobody else really gets any items. So yes, those they the do. Only two. Yeah, huh? Yes, they yeah, do. Well, go, Hurley, go Hurley gets the guitar. Yes, Jin and Son got his blessing. He mm-hmm. starts out saying, I'm giving you my blessing. Okay. Yep. Um, he gives Jack, Jack can- yep. candy bar. Oh, okay. All right. Now, he does not give Saeed anything. And I kind of think it's because in his mind, he doesn't think he's going to be a good candidate. I think I think he is like kind of like gone against Saeed as a candidate, but he's going to bring him anyway. And I was also thinking with John, because he doesn't physically give John anything. Hope. I think he either gave him hope. I think he may have actually saved his life. That's that was what I think. Because he was he's, dead. he's unconscious mm-hmm. and he touches John. And either he was dead or dying. And maybe he just gave him a few more moments to where they could save him. Mm-hmm. But he was comatose. He touched him and he was awake. Yeah, so I gave, think he, he gave saved him his life. life. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I, I think it actually, I mean, and again, as I was watching that and I was watching all those scenes with everybody, I think it actually goes a little bit deeper than that. Um, in addition to just the touch, because it was it was very f- cool watching all those scenes and seeing like, OK, there's where he touched this person. Here's where he touched that person. Like Jack gets touched on his fingers when he hands him the candy bar. John Locke, Jin's son, they're on the shoulder. Um, Hurley's on the fingers. I wrote all these down. Um, uh, Kate is on the nose. Yep. Which was very, which was very cute. Uh, Saeed was on the shoulder. Most of these are on the shoulder, um, with the exception of Jack. Uh, oh, Sawyer's on the fingers when he gives him the pen. But again, I think it goes deeper than that. In that, not only is he giving them an item, but he's giving them an item in very key, influential moments of their life. Mm-hmm. It's not just random times. This is a time when, I mean, the only one that might be called into question is Kate. Um. She's getting caught in a crime, which I'm sure is very influential to her. Jin and Son are getting married. John is on his last breaths. Saeed is distraught over the death of the somebody dying. Um, Jack is he Not just somebody. finished his, Nadia. Nadia, the love of his life. Jack is he just finished his very first solo surgery. I mean, these are very Sawyer or yeah, Sawyer is dealing with the death of his parents. These are very key moments in their life and moments that kind of change them. Mm-hmm. So he's not only visiting them and touching them and giving them something. He's giving it. He's giving them these in key moments of their life. I have a question. Why was Saeed on the plane originally? The first time. Yeah. He was Ooh. in Australia that um, wasn't that where the mosque was? That they sent him to. 
I'm. Was it that the moth that he was supposed to blow up? So I guess my or, question is: is that would not, he have been in Australia had Nadia lived? Nadia lived. Nadia dying was later. That was after after they left the island. That, so that was, was after he got three yeah. years. No, yes. no, because it was in, she it was died. In, no, she it was died. In the she three was years. shot. Am I? No, you're you're confusing. No, her her death. No, Sat Shannon was shot. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm confusing her funeral with her death. Right. Because Ben shows up at her funeral. Right. Saeed, okay. so Sorry. <clears throat> Nadia was already a part. I'm looking at the wiki now. Nadia was already a part of Saeed's life beforehand, but he felt he right. didn't deserve her. He was on the plane going to Los Angeles to win her, to win her, her affection. So was the. From Australia. So was Australia a layover? Uh, possibly. No. So weird layover. Um, <laughs> Uh, Saeed spent, let's see, on the, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm going to travel the world um, first before I win your heart. Oh, okay. In 2004. So that, okay. So in 2004, Saeed was arrested in Heathrow airport and delivered to CIA and AISS officials. The agents offered him Nadia's whereabouts. If he infiltrated his college roommate, Sydney's terrorist cell and convinced him to, yeah, yeah. And convince him to martyr himself to further their investigations. That's right. Um, if he refused, they threatened to detain Nadia indefinitely overseas. Saeed agreed, but he revealed his portrayal at the his betrayal at the last minute to his roommate, who immediately shot himself. Saeed delayed his flight to Nadia in California so he could arrange a proper Muslim burial. Which this still bothers me. This is like the one thing in the finale, spoilers, that bothers me. If night if she is the love of his life. I'm with Why you is so he hard. there with Shannon in the church? Yes, thank you. I thank love you. the finale. I love point. the finale. But I do too. One yeah. thing. <laughs> Nadia should have been in that church for sure. He should have had a woman on each arm. And he no, would have been like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> oh. I, I like this. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Um, no, it's a good point. I never really considered that. It's like, why wasn't Nadia the one in the church with him? I think, yeah. I mean, I think it was a. It was basically just a ploy from the writers for a reason to bring Shannon back. Um, I mean, they knew each other, what, two weeks? <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. like next to nothing. She died. Well, okay. The first 48 days. And right. then she shot her like on the 49th day. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, so it was longer than, yeah, it was longer yeah, than it was like 49 weeks. days. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, if you wanted to bring back Boone and Shannon anyways in the church, you could have done that. They could have been happy. They weren't related. They could have just been happy together, you know? Yeah, I mean, they were only related through marriage. I mean, that right. was part of that was part of the whole issue with their story was that Boone was in love with Shannon. Right. And so maybe for Boone, Shannon would have been with Boone in that church. And they know? didn't have to have a significant other in the church anyway. I mean, that's yeah, just Yeah, they could have just been together. Right. Well, and I'm just saying if that was what they were going for with, you know, coupling up everybody's, you know, long lost whatevers, then you could have done that and brought them back and still had Nadia in that church. I mean, yeah. just, it just like throws Nadia in the garbage. I mean, basically, I mean, everything nice, she you went know, through. Right. <laughs> well, a nice moment would have also been if like Shannon comes up to him in the church and gives him a hug and then says, she's waiting for you and then steps to the side and there's Nadia. Beautiful, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. But we'll talk about this in <laughs> several weeks, several months. Well, I was going to get it in now <laughs> since you're going to bring Jason on for that. So. <laughs> Well, he started it with us too. So it just goes. So, so what we could say though, is that maybe killing Nadia was going to make him come back to the Island because while he wasn't probably a direct candidate, he probably was essential to narrowing it down and getting to the right person. Cause he was so resourceful and he was just, he, Saeed has always been that character to me that he's the guy that you always want to be on your team, but you don't necessarily need him to be a leader. He's a foot soldier, but he's an excellent damn good one. You need him to work that bomb. But he's a foot soldier or he's a, he's a Lieutenant basically. Well, he wasn't very good with the bomb, which he had to be there for the bomb. They would have not known what the hell to do with it. Yeah. Jack's a surgeon. He wouldn't have, you know, I mean, he knows bodies. He doesn't know. He would have blown everybody up in the in, underneath the Dharmaville. Well, <laughs> that I, would have been I, the end of that. I wouldn't write off Saeed as a candidate just yet at this point anyway, because as we're going to find out in the next season, there are numbers, there are names and numbers with some of the numbers crossed out. True. I, I think at this point in time, he's still considered a candidate. Because otherwise, okay. why would Jacob bring him back? Because he needs him to, to help get to the end point. I really do think that. I really do think that he is – he's a, a, a tool to use for the end game for the island. So then – but if that's the case, that would also be that Jacob would be pretty confident that Hurley's already the candidate. Probably I, he. I do think that. I mean, with I, I never did because I kept thinking, no, Jack chose him. Right. Jack was chosen and then passed it on to Hurley as he was, you know, incapacitated. Right. But the the communication between Hurley and Jacob in the car, it really does sound like he's thinking this is the guy. Especially because when you look at all of Jacob's interactions in this particular episode, his longest and most personal interaction is with Hurley. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it's there's no question about that because everybody else, he's just kind of passing himself off as somebody who's there. Mm -hmm. But he actually has a full on conversation about the island with with Hurley. And he also he also gives him peace about the fact that he sees his deceased friends. And I think that Jacob possibly gave him that ability. I don't know. I, I'm just talking out loud here, thinking out loud here. I was thinking the same thing because out of nowhere, he's all happy about it when he's talking to miles, like, Oh, we have the superpower. Oh, you know, yeah, and before that's that, true. he was always upset by it. And this tells you what changed. It's a good point. He was yeah. affirmed by Jacob that it's a good thing. You get to talk to these people. Right. Before that, he was freaked out. Then yes. he was great with it. Right. Well, it's, I it's love. Al- it's also interesting, too, because now we have the we now have the reveal because one of the biggest questions that's been kind of lingering at this point is why was Hurley back on the plane? Like, why was Hurley on on, on, Ajira, on the Ajira flight? Because there's kind of a gap there, and now we have that gap filled in that Jacob was the one that actually influenced him to get Mm -hmm. on that plane. Do we know what's in the guitar case yet? 
I think it's yet. Charlie's. I, I think it's Charlie's guitar. Is no, it? it's no, not. it's, it's not, not a guitar. It's a guitar. It's not case. a guitar. That's right. But do you think that he looked inside the case before? You um, know what I mean. I think he did. I don't think he was surprised when he opened it because he's a totally different Hurley. He's a more confident Hurley, more laid back Hurley, more go with the flow Hurley. Like the more we talk about it, the more I'm looking back on the past couple of episodes and I really do see that change in him. I love his conversations with Miles and uh, Pierre yeah. Chang. So it was really some of my favorite scenes <laughs> in the whole season. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the reasons why every time I edit these podcasts now with, with the video versions and the audio versions, um, I always choose a clip in the beginning of the episode to play. And then on the video versions, I actually play the video version of that clip. And it's one of the reasons why a couple episodes ago, I chose for the opening clip, the conversation with Hurley Chang and Miles in the van when they're like, Oh, your name's also miles. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> or yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, I do love, I love this this character Jacob. I love the actor that plays Jacob. I love I, I just you know, yeah. There was just something about the introduction of Jacob in the last two seasons, or really the last season, that made me love this show to the very end. It was I I just love that character so much. I love the mystery behind him. I love the fact that he is really like this this good calm character throughout this chaotic island. No, so I've I always felt that way. I okay. always thought good and evil, good and evil. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, the black more, and white. The more times I've watched it, he's manipulative. Mm. He brings people to almost certain death. Lots of people, many yeah. people, and not just death. Some of them very painful deaths, heartbreaking. I mean, Julia, and, and the. Yeah, that's what turned me against him. Yeah, Julian. Anyway, <laughs> but I mean, the man in black, he he's, he keeps telling him, you know, it's going to fail. They're going to fight. They're going to kill each other. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, as long as I get, as long as he gets the end he wants to get, mm-hmm. he'll be happy. And I'm thinking, skipping ahead, um, I think he's ready to die. Mm. And I think in the in that scene with Ben, when he's like, what about you? It's like, come on, do it. You well, you're, I'm, you're right. I mean, like talking about black and white, there's no definitive black and white. There are absolutely shades of gray in between everything. And you, you make a good point with Jacob about how he's kind of manipulative and he's led these people to his deaths. And then when you get to that scene, we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about it more in detail later. But when you get to that scene at the end with Ben and Ben is going off saying like, I got all these messages and all these like, and everything you're listening to Ben. You're like, you are absolutely right. right. You were manipulated, manipulated by Jacob. Like Jacob, isn't this great person. We think he are led to believe he is or, but as a character, he's a good character. He's a great yes. actor, but his character is not a good person. I mean, it's, yeah, but it, how much of that is that he's not a good person or is it that the man in black is such like this snake oil salesman that he is manipulating us as the viewer of even viewing Jacob as like a, a flawed character, you know, because I mean, there are times in this episode where you are on the man in black side. 
you know, when the, when the ship is coming in and he's like, I don't know why you keep doing this. They're all going to make it worse. They're all going to start fighting and killing each other. It always ends the same. Like, and it, and he's right. He's completely right in this situation and all the other situations, you know, and he does have his own part. He usually does push them to it. Right. Right. One way or another. So I don't know. I mean, I think that you can't have the good without the bad and vice versa. Um, but you know, I mean, you can say that any, any positive force is going to drive you or manipulate you to continue to be positive, to work for some end game that is positive. And if Jacob knows what that end game is, because he seemingly knows where all of these people are at all times, he, he knows, um, you know, how to, how to operate them all, uh, for lack of a better word. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't see him as this manipulative character. I can see where you can come to that conclusion, but I really just don't, I, I think it's more the man in black that is manipulating all the situation around Jacob to make him look more flawed. Oh, I don't, I don't deny the fact at all that I think the man in black is the bigger manipulator than, than anybody else in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't deny that fact at all. But I think one of the biggest things for me was in that scene with Ben, when Ben is going off on that tirade about everything and he's turning against Jacob, there's no defense trying to be made by Jacob. Like he's not no. trying to defend himself at all. He's mm-hmm. literally just sitting there listening. And there's the one of two reasons behind that is either one, and it could be both, is that one, Jacob knows everything Ben is saying is true. He told him to do all these things, never giving them the opportunity to meet. Um, But I think another reason is because he's accepted the fact, as you mentioned, Des, he's going to die in this moment. There's nothing he can do to change it. So why try to defend himself? It's going to lead to what's going to happen. Well, I mean, we also have the rules, right? There's the rules that hang over all of this. And there's rules that, that Jacob has to adhere to. There's rules that the man in black has to adhere to. It all comes from mother. And um, I'm wondering if Jacob can't talk against his own brother. So it's he can't defend himself in that moment where Ben is yelling at him because maybe he can't say, well, it's him. It's him that has done this to you. Well, just like the man in black can't kill Jacob and needs to find a loophole. Maybe he has a rule against what he can do or say against his brother. I, I mean, it's possible. We do see in that conversation at the beginning when he, you know, when the man in black says to Jacob, you know, I'm going to kill you. And Jacob says, yeah, I know. I mean, he, he can't. You're right. He can't really defend himself against it and say, no, you're you're not. Right. Because he's maybe he like you said, he's not allowed to. Um, but one of the things I want to make mention of, too, while I'm going back to that moment is we, we kind of have to correct ourselves a little bit in that we we were saying because it was what we remembered and we were a little bit incorrect about it is that this scene involved the two of them playing chess. Um, which doesn't uh, yes. happen doesn't. in this scene. And it actually is not chess that they play. It's no, not it's, until season six. It's, it's backgammon. It's not Sabat, but it's something. What is it's, it? It's similar to backgammon. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, what do they call it? It's, oh my gosh, I just read about it. This I keep wanting to say Sabat, and I know it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. that's a Star Wars but name. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Jacob and the man in black as children that play this game. 
Ah, okay. Because it's found on the beach. The man in black actually finds it on the beach. Mm-hmm. And it is really made up of pieces or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it is made up of rocks and stones that are black and are white. It's very similar to Black Ammon, but it's not not damn I did Black Ammon again. <laughs> it's very similar to Backgammon, uh, but it's not Backgammon. So but that also ties in more to as we mentioned last episode when John Locke and Walt were playing Backgammon. Mm-hmm. It's and talking about the white and the black. And I think we get a little bit more of a more of a relative conversation next season when we get that moment with those two characters. I really wonder if originally Walt was supposed to be the guardian of the, the Island in the end. I think he was supposed to have a much larger part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, damn puberty. (laughs) They could have brought him back. They could have done the three years later thing and they, they could have brought him back, but Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I I just found it interesting too, and we'll talk about it when we get to the finale. Is that you know, in addition to Walt, one of the other characters that doesn't come back is Michael. Right. He was very famous at the time. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think I don't think that's the case. I don't know why they didn't bring him back, but I mean, if I you can like bring him, back, didn't bring him back. <laughs> I mean, if if you can bring back Anna Lucia and Libby, I mean, thank goodness they didn't bring back Nikki and Paolo. Wow. <laughs> All right. Shazam. Go next? Sorry. Where are we going to go next with this, weirdos? I will say, because you, you just mentioned the part where he says, you know, you know how badly I want to kill you. This is why I was always amazed that people didn't realize that John was the man in black. Because the episode before, the last thing is John saying, I'm going to kill him. And then they open right. this one with, you know how badly I want to kill you. So like, I'm like, yeah, if you didn't already know, this is him. Right. Well, I think we get a lot a, of hints. I, I think they do a really good job of throwing the clues up until this point as first time viewers. They do a li- really good job of throwing those clues out there, mm-hmm. but really kind of hiding them underneath a lot of plot points and everything. So that when the reveal is actually made at the end of this episode, that John tumbled, the r- real John Locke tumbles out of that box. And they and Alana says, well, or when Ben says, well, who's in our son says, well, who's in there? We and the conversation between Jacob and them and John Locke in quotations happens like that's the big reveal that this is not John Locke. This is actually the man in black. Um, I think they do a really good job of hiding those clues throughout. They do. I mean, there's there's when you watch it a second time, though. You can definitely see the change. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the first way through, I, I do remember that being a big reveal. I was so confused when he came tumbling out of out of the box. I was like, I, yep. what is happening? <laughs> I remember, I remember I've I've talked about this very early on in the podcast that I used to work for a radio station when this show was on. And they used to do live viewings of finales and premieres. Uh, it's how I met the character that plays Arnst and and everything. Um, but I remember being at a season finale viewing party for this and watching this episode with like 200 people and the audible gasps that came from the audience when John Locke tumbles out of that box was such an unbelievable, really cool viewing experience of being with that many people who were so audibly confused about what was happening. 
Man, I love this show. <laughs> I do. I love this show so much. I said that so many times today too. Every single every single twist and turn, I'm like, I love this show. I'm watching it with my headphones, and my son is watching some garbage on the regular television, and he looks at me. He's like, "What are you watching?" I thought, I'm watching Lost. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody asked you. <laughs> well, the cool thing is, though, that you're eventually going to introduce them to the show, too. So you'll get to watch it again. As soon as we're done, we're going to I'm going to start over and watch it with the kids. Watch so it with that'll them. be That's fun. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be fun. They'll love it. They'll. I'm sure they will. So into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so before we leave Jacob um, for, you know, different pastures, um, did you guys do any research about the book that he was reading? I wanted to, I and I didn't. I have it. Good. <laughs> I figured I didn't. I wanted to, but I figured if I didn't, you would. So, yes. So, all right. So, the book is called "Everything That Rises Must Converge," and on the um, on the cover of the book is the looks like a dove that's being shot in the heart by an arrow. So it's a short story collection written by Flannery O'Connor, and it portrays um, grotesque characters, problematized, problem, problematized, yeah, familiar relationships, and examining the role of religion in the internal and interpersonal lives of her characters. The story after which the collection is named is about a man and his mother riding an integrated bus in the South and their clashing views of the world around them, which is interesting because next season... Um, Jacob and the man in black's mother is very involved in mm-hmm. kind of the development of these two characters anyways. So um, if you go, I, I don't want to read the whole thing cause there's a lot, um, but we can start here. Da, 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 da. In the incident part two, Jacob can be seen reading this book while on a park bench directly before John Locke is seen falling out a window. In the same episode, we see Jacob talking to his rival of sorts about different aspects of how things around them and in general take place, which is a connection to the way the novel was written and what it's about. The book is also about flawed characters who sometimes go through some spiritual growth or change and often meet a shocking end. Often of a violent nature, which is similar in many regards to the events that happen on Lost. Specifically, it's similar to what's happening to the characters Jacob is visiting, particularly John Locke, who at that moment has been plummeted to what very easily would have been death for most people. So you come down and you say the book's title is a reference to a work by the French Jesuit priest, theologian, philosopher, and paleontologist, uh, Pierre... Oh, Pierre. Pierre... (laughs) Tile hard did Chardon, there you go, uh, titled Omega Point. And it says in quotes, remain true to yourself, but move ever upward toward greater consciousness and greater love. At the summit, you will find yourselves united with all those who, from every direction, have made the same ascent for everything that rises must converge. So for me, I feel like we're looking at this as we're coming to the summit of the climax of this overarching story. And now season six, we're going to see kind of the falling action and the fallout of what happens after the incident. And everything is going to converge. Everything is going to kind of come together in these final episodes where everything's kind of almost like the timeline has gone completely insane. And now we're going to kind of start to bring it back all together by the end. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about anything of what I just read? Um, not in regards to the book, but I, I will say, um, I do remember the first time viewing that scene 
and seeing Jacob sitting on the bench reading a book and being like, okay, like what, what, what is going on here? And the, cause the scene is just slowly kind of panning out to -hmm. show the background. And then all of a sudden you just see the body (laughs) drop and I'm like, Oh, this must be luck. (laughs) Oh, this is luck. And then he says, everything's going to be okay. What I find very interesting too, um, talking about that scene and talking about, you know, all the moments with Jacob and his interactions with all these characters is they are happening. It not all of them are happening when they're young. Like we get Kate and we get Sawyer when they're young, but then we get if I let's see, I have them written down in order. Um, the next one is Saeed, which, ha- which happens post right. getting off the island. Um, and then we have um, uh, Jacob and John Locke, which happens as he's older, but before the island. Uh, Jack is post-surgery, so it's older, but before the island. And then Hurley is similar to Saeed, where it is post off the island, but before returning. So he's developing their candidates candidacy or eligibility of being a candidate rather at different points in their lives. They weren't all always candidates, which I find very interesting. Why do you think Juliet's uh, flashback was shown? I Did think Des, hers, do you know, he, well, well yeah, because like it mirrors yeah, yeah. it. She's talking about her parents are talking about how, yeah, we love each other, but we're not supposed to be together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she saw, the look that he gave, you know, Kate. And so she thinks, you know what? I love him. I, I know he loves me, but if Kate's available, he's going to go to Kate. She's wrong, but that's what she's afraid of because she right. saw it with her parents. I And I, I think you're exactly right. I think her flashback is more set. Uh, I think hers is to add more credence and to add more emotion to what is about to happen with Juliet and Sawyer. I don't think it has anything to do with Jacob because he's not in it at all. Right. So, I mean, is that maybe a hint to the audience that Juliet is not a candidate and therefore is fair game? Because no, everybody else has been protected so far from death on the Island. And then Juliet dies. Well, I think as we find out next season, I think it doesn't matter. Um, I think even some candidates can be gone because I think some of the names we see scratched off later on are like Boone and Shannon and and Charlie. I think they're all names that were on the list. I'm trying to remember, though, Sun and Jen's names, were they already scratched off when they died? I I don't remember. I think theirs are together. I think no, they are no. listed under one number. It just has it just has their oh, okay. Oh, and it has their last name. It doesn't it have the their last first name, names. But Quan. you don't know who it is. It yeah. just says Quan. Yep. You're right. But I can't remember if it was scratched out before they died. Or uh, not. I don't know. We'll f- yeah, we'll find it that should out. Should be interesting. Yeah. Sun could have done it, but Jin couldn't have. What one of the other things I also found very interesting too is one of the the only other flashback we get in this episode is Alana. Mm-hmm. in which Jacob visits Alana and Alana b- knows very much who Jacob is at this point, because we know she is a disciple. We've kind of already come to grips with that. But one of the interesting things about this scene that I absolutely loved is he's wearing gloves. He doesn't touch her either. He, he, he doesn't touch her, but he's wearing gloves in case he does. Mm-hmm. So while I, 
I didn't go in depth like her little book reading, but <laughs> <laughs> but I did look up Alana, and originally she was supposed to be Jacob's daughter, and then oh, they decided yeah. against, then they decided against that because they were going to end up working more with the established characters. They kind of took that away from her, but she was supposed to be someone who knew before whatever her accident was in Russia. There were burns. Yeah, what? However, that happened. She was already basically a disciple of Jacob before all that. Mm-hmm. For somebody who had that many burns on her, she looked great. Well, that was his gift to her. W- was it? Because he didn't I, touch her. He never touches her. But she had to have been healed well, fairly quickly. But let's also <laughs> not. Let's also tend to let, let, let's think about this a little bit more from a loss perspective is that just because he did not touch her in that scene doesn't mean he hasn't touched her before. God, that sounds dirty. I know. <laughs> Sorry. You just I made it Uncle even more Jacob dirtier by mentioning that. I am going to touch you. Um, maybe, maybe the blessing that he bestowed on Alana happened on the island Oh no, because she, she was already healed. Really, yeah, she was already healed. Because before she, she was she was in really great shape when she was seducing Saeed. So, oh yes, she was. So, Take those boots off, baby. Oh, anyway. yeah, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I about know that. Yeah. that we get more of her in season six with flashbacks. So I'm hoping that maybe we'll get an inkling of something that we can infer more. But I know flash- we won't they have get nothing to do with her character, really. But yeah, because they're flash sideways. We're we're done at this point. We're finished with backstory. No, only for the original characters. Um, Alana still gets flashbacks. No, I don't think she does. No, I I think um, if she does, it's very brief. I don't think maybe it might it might be in the season premiere, but after that, it's nothing but flash sideways of the main characters. (sighs) Flash sideways. (laughs) I know. It's, it's <laughs> that's where that's where half the audience went away, <laughs> and they didn't stick it out for one of the best finales of the show. True, true, true. Um, did you did you uh, ever see what the answer translated out of Latin was for what no. lies in the shadow of the statue? What Richard replies with? Yes, it's no, um, it? well, it's Latin, but translated, it's he who will protect slash save us all. Ooh, interesting. That's a strange thing, considering how many people resulted in dying from him. (laughs) Well, also the statue—the statue was um, not only a an Egyptian god of evil, but it was also an Egyptian god of fertility. Um, And so I thought thought that it was very interesting that while they had this huge monument to fertility, that there was so many problems with women giving birth on the island. But then I remembered that there was only a foot left. So I'm wondering if maybe the fertility uh, idol affected the way that women had babies after it was, I don't know, crumbled down, shot down, knocked over. Cause there's only a foot left. So maybe there, it's like you can get pregnant, but you can't have the baby. Is the, is the statue, since you did the research on this, is the statue Anubis? No, it, I it's it not Anubis. Okay, I can't find it. It's like, well, talking about the statue though as a whole. While while you're looking that up, one of the other things I just Tower, realized, Tower-ret. Yes. I just I just thought about this now, and this is again diving into some things that are going to happen in season six. Well, we've already been there anyway. 
one of the things that's part of the statue is the Ankh. It's the statue has the Ankh in its hand. And think about now what's in the guitar case. Is an Ankh. It is Jacob giving Hurley an Ankh to take back to the island. I think we're I think we're spot on at that moment. Jacob knew Hurley was it. Because he was the one that had Hurley take the Ankh back to the island. And I think you're right in that with the statue not being whole and the Ankh not being part of that statue, that is what causes the issues that arise. Didn't, didn't the statue get destroyed when the Black Rock hit it? Yes. Which was yes. a long time ago. 1867. <laughs> well, we like see that. that's the ship that's approaching the shore. No, because they were in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Wasn't the, wasn't the Black Rock? The there Black was Rock was coming storm. in. Yeah, the Black Rock was coming oh. in, and the statue in the beginning of the episode was still there. And then when we go to see him at the end of the episode, granted it's you know hundreds of years later, the statue is now gone, and it's just the foot with the four toes. Um, I think so, the one we see there is like way before the Black Rock. I think I could be wrong. So it, it could says just Egyptians be- Egyptians on the island built the statue sometime well before 1867. The civilization left many other signs of their culture on the island, including hieroglyphs and other structures. I'm I'm looking at the wiki right now, and it says the Black Rock approaches the island as Jacob and the huh. man in black look on. Unless right. It, no. Unless and then the it storm says, started as it got closer in, maybe. Yeah. So it said, "I'm at the statue of Tarawet right now," and it says, um, "It stood in its entirety on the shore of the island. Jacob lived in a chamber. Blah blah blah. Um, for an unknown amount of time, even after the statue's near total destruction, 1867, by a storm surge that propelled the black rock into the head of the statue, smashing it to pieces. The ship's impact preserved only the statue's left calf and foot with its distinctive four toes. The remains of the statue are well within view of the orchid station. Yeah, because it, yeah, it says here, too, Jacob's intention was to bring the ship to the island, but it did not try to land when it was in view. Instead, a powerful storm swept the ship uh, into the area. Okay. This may have been sometime after it was spotted by Jacob and the man in black. The ship could have been sailing for weeks, but not spotted anything but the island, like Desmond's later experience. The Black Rock was caught in the storm and was swept inland by an enormous tidal wave some 200 feet in height. The ship collided with the statue, destroying it before being deposited in an area of the jungle that would later be later be referred to by Daniel Rousseau as the Dark Territory. <laughs> <clears throat> Daniel. But this is also, as we know, this is the arrival of Richard. Yep. Because Richard is Richard. on that ship. We'll find I that out next Richard. season. I love Richard so much. Oh, and he thought he's not wearing eyeliner. <laughs> Those are his real eyelashes. He has gone over and over. He still has them. <laughs> yes, but even even Sawyer mentions guyliner to Richard at one point, at some point during the series. I think it's already happened. But oh yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it, but it's it's just funny that we we just it's just fun to reference him that way. We never would if we ever have Richard Carbonell on, on. But Richard was always one of my favorite characters. I loved whenever he appeared. He well, he to me he was always like this calming presence to whatever right. was happening. You know, I'm like, oh, Richard's there. Everything's going to be fine. Everybody, Richard's here. <laughs> um, I I I, I want to bring up something. Do it. I want to I want to bring up one of my favorite moments of the episode. Um, because I audibly yelled this when I was watching the episode. 
And that was when I audibly yelled Vincent. Yes. <gasps> yes. Yeah. That was in my first set of notes. It just says Vincent exclamation that's, yeah, point. <laughs> that's what mine is too. It just says Vincent exclamation point. Um, but I just wrote it boy. down. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but the scene, like it was so great seeing Vincent. It was amazing seeing Sawyer's reaction. Yes. To Vincent. Like he was so happy yeah. to see Vincent. But the scene. Kate, not that, so much. <laughs> but the scene that follows. With Rose and Bernard. I added that today. (laughs) It's just, it is such a fantastic scene. Like, it was so great seeing Rose and Bernard again because we kind of forgot about them. If I could have anybody's ending, it would be Rose and Bernard's ending. Well, yeah. Well, because like like even in that conversation, when she's like, you guys are just going to go off and do your thing. (laughs) But like, when when they're like, if we don't stop Jack, everybody's going to die. And Bernard's, so we die. Like, they are so accepting of the life that they have now Mm -hmm. that you could see it's making everybody else second guess what is going on. Uh Good. And I, I love their, they're only on in this episode for a short period of time, Mm -hmm. but their impact is so great to everything that is going on. But I will say, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say Hulu. Sexist. (laughs) Hulu. Um, Hulu cut it out for some reason, from what I heard. Really? I read it in the trivia today that 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 scene with Rose and Bernard is not in every version of the episodes. Probably just time. There's nothing. On Hulu? I don't know, but there's nothing objectionable about it unless you unless you don't like interracial couples. It it's such an impactful (laughs) scene to the episode, though. Why would you cut that out? I don't. I don't know. I. That, I'm. I gave you all the information. <laughs> I, I will say though, I call BS on the fact that they were able to stay on that island for three years, and no one in the Darman Initiative, none of the hostiles ever came across them. I mean, they aren't ninjas out there in the woods, you know. There, somebody at some point, they they, they built a structure. I mean. <laughs> Right, right. Somebody right. is going to come across it. It wasn't hidden really that well. I mean, and they're maybe older. they were in some kind of neutral territory that nobody. See, I, went see to? I'm wondering if maybe, if maybe the others did know about him and they had a deal going about you know just just stay out of it. We'll leave you alone. Yeah, they had to. Somebody had to have come across them. You know, they probably observe them and they're like, oh, they're this cute old couple. They're fine. They're fine. Look at them. He needs a haircut, them they're but they they're fishing. Good. They're making things. Aren't they cute? <laughs> I want that life. Yeah. I mean, and it's not, I mean, and thankfully, this is not the last time we see them either. We're going to see them again in season six, both in Flash Sideways and on the island. Um, because they are actually the ones, if I remember correctly, they're involved, they're entangled in Desmond's storyline. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. In the next season. Because I was going to say, how pissed were they when they came back to the present? You know, but they they did show them again. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. They come back next season. So we haven't seen the end of Rose and Bernard. You see that uh, they have their old hair back. (laughs) But I just, I I love that scene so much that I, I mean, I, again, the Vincent capitalized in exclamation points and then just Rose and Bernard. That's like all I have for that scene, but it's just, it's such an amazing scene. And then, I like oh, how hell excited. no. <laughs> hell no. Like, right. Bernard, they found us. <laughs> yeah. 
I like how excited Juliet was to see Vincent. I think that Elizabeth Mitchell was just really excited to see a dog. <laughs> yeah. You see her in the background. She's like, oh, hi. Because <laughs> <laughs> she has no connection to Vincent, but she's just excited to see a dog. <laughs> has she met Vincent before? I'm sure at some point. Oh, yeah. Beach. They had Vincent. They oh, had Vincent yeah, on she the was road. on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Juliet was on the beach for a while. So she's, yeah, she's met Vincent. She's like, he survived for three years. I'm like, girl, have you He's seen a what dog? The- yeah. <laughs> they survived. He, he ate some mangoes. <laughs> like, There's very few cars. <laughs> I bet you and, he's and been dance. living with Rose and Bernard the whole time. Oh, yeah, well, he and, has, because Rose yeah. and Bernard came right out. Yeah. And this is also not the last time we're going to see Vincent. <laughs> well, of course. Shut up. Not. Just shut <laughs> up, you. This is what he does every time, right? He does it every time. Because just like the end of this season had me in tears, the end of next season has me in tears. It's not because because we lose Vincent. No. Oh, okay. It's what Vincent does. Okay. All right. I I didn't say anything else other than we haven't, this is the last time we see Vincent. Vincent I know. Can we talk about how Jack is a selfish prick? Um, I'm not disagreeing. No, I'm not and, and disagreeing. Press the button. I, hold on, I don't have it ready. I should have had Why? it ready. I know, I should have it ready. Jack just sucks. There we yes. go. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Like, and I do have a number of notes on Jack, um, in, including the fact that Jack is so set in his ways that he's willing to kill. Because he is so confirmed in his head that none of it matters. It's all going to be undone. So, so you whatever. Think... So that he's not, so he's a nihilist. I, I, I'm not condoning anything he does, but if he thinks everything's going to reset, then he's not killing anybody. If if in his mind, right. Yeah. Yeah, but not only but okay, okay, so everybody goes back to what they were doing. And we've talked about this week after week, but then you see all of these other characters. Rose, Rose is still is gonna die of cancer. Uh Sawyer is going to continue being a terrible human being. Uh um Claire is going to give her baby up for adoption. Son is going to leave Jin at LAX. But all those other people who were on the beach that we don't know their names, you know. Mm-hmm. They would survive. There's a lot of people that died that we don't even know their names. Right, right. Plane. Yeah. I mean, I know you don't care that Nikki and Paula died, but the <laughs> other ones, you know, they would have survived. You know, the chick that drowned, you know, Boone, mm-hmm. Shannon, you know, Boone, uh, Shannon, these- Anna, Lucia, Libby. Like, yeah, you're there's there's just so much that that would have happened. But it mean but I mean again, like this is the short sightedness we talked about this last episode of Jack and the selfishness of this act that Sawyer calls him out on in this episode. I love that. Don't bring Sawyer into it because Sawyer on the fucking submarine, excuse me. <laughs> That's okay. He's ready to let everybody die. You know, he he's was. like, let Jack do it. Let Jack do it. Let him, let them all die. And these are the people he spent three years with. And, and yeah, but- him and him and um, Juliet, Juliet was like, we had a life here. These are our friends. When they were pleading, you know us, we're good people. He's ready for them all to die. And they've been friends for three years. They also were ready to kill him. Like his friends turned not on all him of them. pretty quick. Horace didn't turn on him. No, Horace, Horace did not. Horace defended him. He, he, okay. Horace and was kind of like Horace, meek and like didn't really, you know, fight for him. But he was like, don't Horace do this. Allowed, don't do this. The fact that Horace allowed 
um, Phil to punch Juliet and did nothing about it. It's not like Phil said, I'm going to punch her now. And then Horace said, go for it, bro. No, no but he <laughs> didn't step in afterwards. He didn't say, that's enough. Get out of here. You guys are fucking crazy. Look, like he didn't, he didn't do any of that. Phil got rebar through the chest. I was happy with the that way Phil's awesome. ending. I actually that was a final destination around. moment. I yeah. loved it. Right. But I mean, but I mean, again, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like Jack, <laughs> Jack is so one, like, so short-sighted and one-dimensional in his in his progression that I think in his mind he thinks, well, none of this matters. I'm going to do what it takes to get this reset so that our lives go back to normal. Not realizing that everything that is happening at that point is going to stick. Every person that he shoots at, every person that dies in 77 is going to stay dead. This doesn't undo what happens to them. Oh, so. right, right. And I, who was trying to make that point to him? Was it Kate? Because somebody and, made that point to him that everybody, you're killing people in the present as well. Miles makes the point of saying, what if this is the incident? What if Jack doing right. this is yeah. the incident? And and he's like, I'm really glad that everybody's thought this through. And yet they still did it. You know what I mean? Like, but then, but then you're watching it and you think, okay, well, the bomb didn't detonate. So obviously the incident that's happening was inevitable, no matter the bomb. But then what happens is Juliet wakes up. Oh God part is so heartbreaking and um grabs a rock and then she detonates the bomb so what do you think it was it inevitable no matter what or was this all, i mean obviously this was always the incident because it what happened happened and you can't do anything about it but like what if they just left it alone and they didn't I, I, take the bomb no i think miles is actually the voice of reason here in saying like did you That's guys odd. ever consider just <laughs> not doing anything you know, because of, you know, what did you ever put in any thought that what you're doing is what's actually going to happen? And the best course of action was to just not do anything. Especially since Jack did that at the very beginning. He's like, no, I'm not going to save Ben's life. What happened happened. I'm not going. Th this is not why I'm here. But then all of a sudden he's like, this is why I'm here. I'm here. I've never felt so good about something in my whole life than by detonating a nuclear bomb and killing everyone I know. This is it. That's the plan. Okay. I, I don't. So understand I his change an almost justification for jack not really and then i have jack being a complete jerk okay <laughs> um the way he changed from being this is this you know what happened happened to what he switched over he had just gone back in time 30 years fair <laughs> i mean honestly would you eat would you believe you were 30 years in the past right away? Would you not be confused or uh, trying to get your bearings? Maybe he got to Dharma, you know, he's finally understanding what's going on. It's kind of like, well, you know, maybe I should just stay back, not ruffle any feathers, let things happen as they're going to happen, because I don't know what the hell's going on. And then later, you know, as things progress, he gets used to it and realizes I do have to act. So I'm just wondering if that's why there was a change. Now, I know it's not technically gaslighting, but that last conversation he has with Kate before they go in actually to the to the Swan Station, it felt like gaslighting. I mean, he's, he's just turning her head around. It, it was horrible. I mean, it mm -hmm. was just horrible. 
<laughs> he's horrible. He is such a selfish character. And and he proves over and over that he's selfish. I mean, look at the the scene, his flashback scene this week, right? I mean, his father is clearly trying to coach him. But Jack, who just can't get out of his own way ever, is just like, those are all my team. And they don't, they're not going to trust but me or like me. He sees Dad. it as an embarrassment. I think this is learned behavior he got from his father. We don't know what happened before that. I think he might have reasons to feel that way. And, and like you said, they all think I only have this job because of you, which might even be the truth, which mm-hmm. would be even worse because now he's got to prove himself that much more. Well, and then he made an, a, a pretty terrible error in that, in that he surgery. He a sack. It's, it happens. I mean. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, his, his dad is just like, close your eyes, count to five and then fix it. Like if, if your mentor at work had said the exact same thing, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. So I don't understand what the big deal is for him to have done that. Well, I think the biggest I think the biggest mistake was him out of all the things that were in that vending machine he chose a candy bar. <laughs> I mean, it's an Apollo bar. He had It's an Apollo it. bar. I get why. It's it's show branding, but still like it's I want I an Apollo bar. I would have chose chips. Anyway, probably. Uh, <laughs> I like the salty more than the chocolatey. <laughs> right? No, but no, I agree with you. I think it's um it's such an interesting dynamic because like he does, he looks at that as an embarrassment when, when you do watch that scene, you're like, well, like, I think, I I think we're meant to think like we're, we're meant to think it's that way because they've showed us what this relationship has been Mm -hmm. for the past four or five seasons, four and a half, five seasons. Um, So maybe we're meant to look at it that way. But when you take a step back and you look at the scene, you're like, no, like he legitimately was trying to help. So Jack can save this person's Mm -hmm. life or prevent them from being paralyzed. Like, why are you lashing out at this? Because Jack does have those deep seated issues that, as you mentioned, as it's probably right. This is probably stemmed from the past. Like, this is not a new thing. Well, yeah, his dad has a second family. I mean, he he doesn't know that yet at this point, does he? No, but Christian yeah. Shepard, look, what my point is, is that. I don't think he'd be surprised when, that his father had an affair, though. I think right. Because when, when his wife is calling somebody, the first thing he thinks, it's my dad. She's screwing my dad. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's been established on the show that Christian Shepard was, was not a good dude. He just wasn't. He was a terrible father. He was an absent father. He was an egomaniac surgeon. He had a pill problem, a drinking problem. I mean, he was just, he was a bad dude. But I do think that there are pockets of time, and this is one of them, where he was genuinely trying to make his son better. Yeah, I agree completely. And I, and any time that I get to bash on Jack is a good day. (laughs) Jack just sucks. Yes, that was so well timed. I loved it. <laughs> but at the, I mean, and again, like I'm not taking away anything that you said about Jack too. But I want to focus a little bit since we're talking about Jack on the moment right before he drops the bomb, because he does second guess for mm-hmm. the first time throughout all of this process. This is the first time he stops and he thinks about it. And he looks and to Kate. Looks- and who's the person he looks at when he does it? Is Kate because Sawyer He's brings up, up her life? Sawyer brings up earlier on in the episode. Do you realize what this does with Kate? 
Um, and his excuses, well, what if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Like he's again, he's in that one-sided mentality that this is the first time he's actually listening to what people said to him and he's thinking about it. And it's not until Kate gives him the nod to just do it that he actually does it. And all four of them give each other looks and they all brace themselves because they all know we're either going to go back where we're supposed to be or we're all going to die and we're ready for either one. That scene, knowing what was about to happen, already had me welling up. Not because of Kate and Jack, because of Sawyer and Juliet. When they look at each other, I... I started welling up because this is them pretty much saying goodbye because they knew if everything was undone, so was their relationship. That was all gone. I wonder if Sawyer knew she was pregnant. Right. Thank you. Okay. It's she been established. Elizabeth Mitchell okay. said she, cause the one scene she's was Ross and Bernard. Her she's holding her stomach. Yes. Mm-hmm. I never picked up on but it. Liz Mitchell, she yep. has said before that, yeah, her character was pregnant. And I think they decided maybe that that was just too much and people couldn't handle it. So they just kind of like wrote it out. You know? Pre Game of Thrones I, I, horror. <laughs> I never picked up on it. Oh, yeah. I didn't it was realized that the way she's pregnant. holding her stomach, that's mm-hmm. a pregnant woman holding her stomach. Um, yep. Even, even early on. Yep. 100%. Well, we got it last. We got it in the last episode, too, when Charles walks up to Ellie and has his hand on her stomach. Mm-hmm. Right. Is we know that Eloise is pregnant with, with Faraday. You're right. If Sawyer had known that she was pregnant, he never would have gotten off that sub. No, never. Nope. And I agree. Every look when they make each decision, you're if you watch her face each time, it's a little bit more, and it's a little bit more, and she's like, "I have to do this decision." You know, I know what's going to happen. I think she knows she's going to die. Right. I think this whole episode, she knows she's not making it out. Well, right. even when they're even when they're on the raft coming as this as they got off the submarine, she's the only person that turns around and looks back. Mm-hmm. She watches that was her the last submarine chance. submerge. Yep, and she knew it. She knew it. Yeah, she knew this was the end, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Either she was dying, or they were never going back to what they were never going to meet. Exactly. So Ugh, it's so tragic. Well, I mean. We say they were never going to meet, but the flash sideways kind of changes that a little Mm -hmm. bit, even though that's not technically real. But we're not going to get into that yet. And if we never meet, I'm never going to lose you. You know, I wrote that down. Well, and that's heartbreaking. and And I think that's one of the reasons why we do get a Juliet flashback. I think it builds with that is that she does not want to feel that heartbreak that she felt with her parents. So to just say, we're never going to meet. I, I won't feel that heartbreak again. Right. Ugh. Ugh. Juliet. (laughs) And Sawyer, Sawyer, when, um, Juliet finally goes down in the, in, you know, in the pit, in the hatch, in the hole, um, his Josh Holloway in that in that scene was magnificent. I mean, he just let it all hang out during that. And you really I, I mean, I was in it with him. I was crying and yep. I've seen it, you know, how, however many yeah. times and I'm still crying. It's well, still he's raw the whole episode. I mean, mm-hmm. he's very raw. It, it It is one of those. It's one of the few moments in this show that it doesn't matter how many times I watch this show. I cry. 
Mm-hmm. Charlie's death was one of them. The not Penny's boat scene gets me every fucking time. Um, this gets me, and there are still scenes to come that get me every time. Mm-hmm. That we will get next season. Uh, but yeah, it's it's you're right. His acting in this, and I think what does it even more for me, and what what why it's one of the reasons that it gets me every time is that she when he is holding on to her and Kate is desperately trying to get the chains off of her, she's not saying goodbye to give up. She's doing it to save Sawyer mm-hmm. because she knows if he hangs on any longer, he's going with her. And that's, that is, I think what adds even more emotion to that scene is that she is letting go to save his life. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just so depressed with this conversation. Okay, so right before they get there, <laughs> after the fight, yeah, and after Juliet's changed her mind, best fight ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah, although I th- and here we go. I think Jack held his own too much. I don't. Oh think my he god! Sh- I don't he? think he should have done as well as he did. No, I agree. Sawyer was a prison fighter. Yeah, <laughs> Jack should not have had a chance. Jack, yes, but- I mean, not. He not can fight, to, but Jack has become a little bit hard, more hardened in throughout his experiences on this island. But he did not become that much more of. But a he's also fighter. had three years of just drinking and you know yeah. not on the island. But yeah. he's not in the Jack walks by Sawyer and says, "See you in L.A." and glances at Juliet and looks back at Sawyer. It's kind of like, "See you in L.A." Whipped, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> But I mean, even even going back to that fight, first off, when when the first episode ends, when episode 16 ends and it ends at a face off Mm -hmm. with the van pulling down the road and then they are stopped by Kate Sawyer and Juliet standing in the road, blocking their way. I was like, oh, shit's about to go down. Yeah, because I honestly didn't. There was there's a bunch of this episode I didn't remember. And that was one of them. where I was like, oh, okay shit's about to happen and then when jack and sawyer walk off into the woods and they start their conversation and it lends up in this fight i'm like man this has been building for five Mm -hmm. fucking seasons yes yes they they laid it out yeah all of their emotions this is great this is five seasons worth of build up for these two characters Mm -hmm. they are having it out for the first time and it is it was awesome it was awesome. Agreed. Totally agreed. I would have loved to have seen more more fighting, you know? Just real and then Sawyer had him. Sawyer was going to beat him to death. You could have you saw that cuz he was just determined to make sure that what he was about to do never happened. Yeah. Well, it's and it's Ju- it's Juliet that was the one that comes and pretty much right. saves Jack. Yeah. Well, and, Juliet and she, is she's she saves people. She actually, you know, takes her Hippocratic oath seriously. Well, I mean, like, and it's funny because I'm looking at <laughs> Des's eyes just rolled <laughs> into his brain when I said that. That was awesome. Did you know that I, they don't even really take that anymore? The Hippocratic most, oath. Yeah, they take oath? an oath, but not the actual. Most searches don't actually take the Hippocratic oath anymore. <laughs> Oh, why? I, I didn't know that. Because they can't—they can't actually say first we'll do no harm. Yeah, that's probably. 
part it's of the it. American healthcare system. <laughs> but it's funny because I actually do have it in my notes immediately after that. I just didn't see it now because it was on the next page. The if I never met you, then I never have to lose you line. Um, but one of the other lines I have in my notes that said shortly afterwards from Juliet is live together, die alone. Yep. When they all make the decision that they're going to go help Jack. I forget when she heard that. I don't think she's ever heard that before. I think it's just something that is kind of ingrained in all of them from everything that's happened. Or maybe she has heard it before and I just don't remember. I'm sure one of them probably took her aside and said, Hey, look, Jack's going to get started on a speech at some point. <laughs> at some point, he's going to say, live together, die alone. Just nod your head. Just let him go with it. Yeah. <laughs> look, probably look, Rose. Say, it was probably Rose. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Rose, I love her. <laughs> you know, one of the other things that kind of struck me as we were watching this, too, talking a little bit more about Jack, um, is the scene with Jack and Richard. When Richard says, like, you know, 30 years ago or, oh, yeah. you know, I, or, you know, we met John Locke and I've visited him a couple times and he just doesn't seem to be what I'm expecting him to be. And Jack says to Richard, I wouldn't give up on him yet. Even though we know what happens to John is, could that be more manipulation from the man in black? Possibly. Because if, if, Jack doesn't tell Richard not to give up on John. That's the reason why Richard doesn't give up on John and accepts John later on. So I I don't know where that, like, I just found that so interesting to hear that line. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. And it's, uh, does, as Jack, does Jack know that John's walking around? No, no, so, because he's in nineteen. They're in different times. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're thirty years so, apart. So at this as point. far as he knows, John is dead, dead, and there's no one walking around as John. So I mean, oh wait, he's he's te- he's telling seventies Richard this. Okay, never mind. Okay, I'm. Wait, what? Now I'm confused. I'm... <laughs> No, you? no. Okay. What you're saying is correct. Is that the thing is is that Jack knows that Locke is dead. Because he, he brought him in the but coffin. But he's talking yeah. to seventies Richard, so it's, but, yes. it's still good, right? Okay. But but that doesn't negate the the fact that Jack said, "I wouldn't give up on him just yet." I think in Jack's knowing mind, he's, that he's dead. I think in Jack's mind, he's saying that because that's going to lead to all the events that will eventually get them back on the plane to yeah, be where yeah. they are now. Okay, so he's telling past Richard not to give up on present or future future John John. that yes. isn't dead yet. Yes. Yeah. It's more compass moment. It's more completing a circle. That compass, that damn compass. <laughs> Where did it come from? Oh, I, I have right. to know. I we think get, I do. We I get a much know. bigger compass next season. So in the form of a lighthouse. Yeah. Okay. But it's know. not past and then past and then past and then past. And then, you know, who had it? No, it's stationary, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, there's a couple... I, I know there's other points that we need to make, but uh, there's a couple lines from this episode that I love. I mean, we met, we just mentioned um, Jack and Richard talking about, you know, I wouldn't give up on John. 
um, just some of my favorite lines from this episode is in, I'll give you two real quick is, uh, is there's, there's two lines that come during the flashback of Jin and son. Uh, the first is Jin's vow to son. Uh, we will never be apart because being apart from you would be like the sky being apart from the earth, which is such a touching thing and kind of heartbreaking knowing they are apart. At Can this we moment. also think about the fact that he had to have that written down? <laughs> so it's like two lines. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Memorize it, man. Uh, <laughs> you, but my other. This. My other favorite line, though, is after they meet Jacob and they, and they ask each other, who is that? And Jin replies with, I don't know, but his Korean is excellent. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> which I that love white coming man from, really knows how to speak Korean. Which I love coming from an actor who had to learn Korean to right. do that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one a of Korean my, actor that had to learn Korean. To, who had to learn Korean. To be the Korean part um, that he was chosen for. But one of my, one of my other favorite lines is when John... Locke uh, sits down next to Ben and says, can I ask you a question? And then replies with, I'm a Pisces. Which is a lie. Which is (laughs) a lie. Because he (laughs) is a Sagittarius. Because he was born on December 19th. Yep. Yep. Well, he even says it later in that conversation. He's like, that's what I do, John. I lie. Yeah. That's the first first piece of truth he's probably said in a while. Ben has a complete crisis of faith in this entire finale, right? He just, he is so turned around in his head and he's being manipulated. He's being manipulated in ways that he used to be, be the manipulator Mm -hmm. with others. And so it's interesting to me that he's allowing himself to be this manipulated. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I would, do you think that, hmm, what am I trying to ask? Do you think that, why do you think that he didn't realize that John Locke wasn't John Locke in that reveal underneath the foot at the end? I think he's so, I think he's so captivated by the thought of Alex telling him he needs to follow John, that that's the only thing that matters at this point. Not well, obviously, realizing though, that, that, that that's not what happened, though. Obviously, it wasn't Alex that said that. I mean, in that moment, if you know that John Locke is not John Locke anymore, then everything else is also a lie. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that is a good point, because the reveal of John Locke not being John Locke comes before Ben talks to Jacob. Correct. And because he ben says, like, do you two know it. each other? Yeah, right. It's kind of revealed to Ben already before that point because it's it's immediately after that that Ben confronts Jacob and then stabs him. When he says, what about you? Yeah. And then Locke puts him into the fire. Oh, Pushes him into the fire. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting, too. Like, when you see that whole interaction play out when Ben tells John Locke, you know, tells him, you know, like, my, I, my, it, my daughter told me I had to do everything you told me to. And he plays it off so well. Like what? What happened? Like it wasn't him. Like, like <laughs> even though we know, we know now at this point, it was him that was telling him that. Right. But he plays it off incredibly well. Like, well, wait a minute, what happened? And 
kind of building further building that manipulation. But don't you think it's interesting that I mean, we have known Ben Linus to be a master manipulator for as long as he's been on the show. Master manipulator. And now he's so broken and he's and he's second guessing and third guessing and fourth guessing himself so much. He's even questioning like you know, he's questioning Jacob, he's questioning Richard, he's questioning, he's questioning why he's even on the island or why he's done the things that he's done. And he's just allowing him, he's allowing himself to go down this rabbit hole. And I, the only reason I can think of why he has managed to get himself into this state is that seeing Alex took him out of the game. You know, like this has always been like some game for him that the entire time he's always been a couple steps ahead. He's always known where he's going. He's always known who he has to see. And it's almost like, well, it is like, you know, the man in black knew that if he, if he had Alex appear, that that would have essentially been a game changer when it comes to taking Ben out of the game. Well, I, th- I think part of it, too, is the fact that, like, even during that conversation with the two of them, like, he admits to John, like, I've been pretending this whole time. I've mm. never met Jacob. When we were in the cabin, I was putting on an act. Seeing Alex was the first mm. time shit got real for him. That's true. I mean, and that, I, I think that really kind of, it, it mentally and emotionally flustered him. Because up until this point, it's all been an act. Mm-hmm. His manip- he's been manipulating people, but through acting. This is the first time it got real. And it, it kind of, it, it changed him to the fact that like now he's timid. Now he's a follower. He's not trying to be a leader. And it makes him very easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Well, plus he's got this guy walking around with him that he knows he murdered. Yeah. And he's up, he, he doesn't know what the hell. He said, it. I've never seen anything like this before. Dead is dead. So I, think I would, a- you know what, if I had murdered somebody and then all of a sudden they're like <laughs> hanging out with me, I, it would, I, I don't know that I could mentally recover from that cognitively recover from that. Oh, then I just start Des flashing hole, people. That shape hole in the wall. You know, <laughs> I would be gone. Or you just start like killing other people and seeing if they come back. Like maybe you have a superpower. <laughs> You can kill them, but it's only for an hour, you know? Right. You start stabbing a random person next to you. Don't worry. You're going to come back. Yeah. I have a superpower. It's fine. I'm good at this. Pushing Daisy. They come back if you touch them. There you God, go. I, I missed that show. Again. I missed that show. That's such a great show. I did not realize it was Lee Pace for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. Like, oh, was, wait a minute. <laughs> it was the villain from Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians 3 is supposed to be amazing. Nope. <sighs> no, it as in... Sad. It looks I, unbelievably oh. sad. No, I've heard it's a red herring. I've I saw one review with, with no details, but she's like, we're off track. Anyway. I, yeah, she's okay. like, it is not what you think it's going to be. I, I have a screening <laughs> of it next week. I have a screening of it early next week, so I'm I'm kind of staying away from all reviews until after I see it. Um, which is weird because it's under review embargo right now. So I don't know how people are oddly legally talking about it. She's not no details. Oh, okay. All right. No, details. very vague. Got it. So why do you think I have a question for you? Cause it's Way to a bring us back. I, and I appreciate it. It's a question that I have that I've had for a while, but I really found myself kind of wondering this throughout I, watching the episode I have the, this morning. 
Jack huh? just sucks. That was the answer. God, wouldn't that have been great if the question kind of went with that? <laughs> now, I, now I feel like my question's going to suck. Quick change anyway, the question. <laughs> I, I have to. <laughs> um, is why do we ever get the answer, like a definitive answer, on why Richard was not selected as guardian of the island and just a proxy between him, between Jacob and the guardian of the island? I. That's a good question. I mean, it is revealed in this episode that John, that Richard is the way he is because of Jacob. Right. right. The, the not aging is because of Jacob. Right. Um, but that, you know what? That brings up another interesting question, though. If if Richard is a disciple of Jacob and he's unaging because of Jacob, we haven't seen Alana enough. Is she the same way? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, is it possible that she's also the same kind of way that Richard is? We just haven't seen it long enough to know. Sorry, I just added a whole nother question to your original question. Now now I'm thinking Does about... Does his brain is broken? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking about I forget, his last name, Hanky. Brad William Hanky, yeah. I think it was he the same way. He was, yeah, he's he Bram, was, right? Yeah. Yes. Were all those guys, were they like, or were some of them just hired guns? I don't know. He, he, he seemed to be a believer. Yeah, he was a believer. Like, he seemed to know everything that Alana knew. At, like, but, especially with what lies between the sh- uh, underneath the shadow. And, and if they weren't like Richard and if they weren't from the island, why would they be disciples? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but Alana and Richard did not look like they knew each other in no. that last scene. You know, it's not like they would be like, Richard, oh, Alana. Like, if that would have been established if they had known each other. We're we're going to get a lot more of Richard next season. Yay. Um, so I have a feeling maybe the answer to that question might be revealed next season. I hope so. I hope so. Just because I always thought that he would have been such a good guardian. So I, I didn't really understand why he wasn't. He was severely broken. Right. And I don't right. I, I don't remember if he actually did anything bad. I mean, there was the whole thing with his wife. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't something he did to her. She right. was just sick. Well, and he came as a slave. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's maybe there's an element of purity to it as well, because as we're gonna find out next season, the man in black has manipulated Richard as well. True. He he was the one who he was even the eyeliner. Well, <laughs> he was Richard was initially the first attempt at the loophole. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> R- Richard is the one that the man in black originally tried to convince him to kill Jacob. So oh, maybe yeah. maybe because he was at, at some point manipulated by the man in black, he could not become the guardian. Interesting. Because the man Ooh, in that black sounds goes, right. That sounds right. And uh, maybe there's just something because of that, because he has been influenced by the man in black. He was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could not be the candidate any longer to to do it. I wonder if we were to look at the lighthouse during the lighthouse episodes, if it if we'll see like Alpert or Richard or Ricardos or or one of the the you know those three names. I've never looked for it. But- I've never looked for it either. It it might be interesting just to see if it if it's somewhere, right? I mean, as an Easter egg or something. 
Um, but I love Richard. I love, I love the, the mystery of him. I love the fact that he is, um, he's, he's always got all the information, but he's not one to hold it over your head or use it for any type of like evil or, um, any selfish reasons. He just knows this stuff and he just kind of does what he's told until, until the end where Ben was going to come with him and he turns around and he said, that's not what is it that it's against the rules or that's never happened before. I think he did say against the rules because there does seem to be a set of rules that we're not privy to. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that one down or I, I, well, the, well, the one quote, I'm starting to believe you make these rules up as you go along, Richard. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm kind of thinking a lot of people thought the writers were making the rules up as they went along too. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> Well, I think a lot of people felt that way. That's one of the reasons why they bailed on the show. But I mean, right. in in revisiting the show and doing a lot of the deep dive in the episodes, we've discovered no, there's just some really seeded. There's just some really seeds planted really early. Mm-hmm. Like the the backgammon game between Locke and Walt, as we mentioned before, is literally a huge seed that becomes what season six pretty much is. Yeah, but that's why I think that Walt was supposed to be the Hurley role in the end was because of that backgammon. Yeah, game I would agree in the with that. Beginning and knowing that it's that, you know, the black and uh, the game of uh, with the black and the white pieces and then we're moving into the man in black and um Jacob and they've got this black and white um, you know, theme between them. So it would have been interesting to have that bookend. Um, I can for each um, other. So going back to what you were mentioning as to whether or not Richard was one of the can- the possible candidates. Um, I will not reveal whether or not he was on the list if, unless you want me to. Um, but I, I am looking at the list. There are 131 names on this list. Yeah. And there are a number of them that are on this list I did not expect to be on here. Interesting. Um, Dawson. Linus. So Linus, Ben, was Dawson. a... Or his, oh, well, okay. Michael. Or Walt. Yeah. Linus could be Ben or Roger. Uh, friendly. I don't think it was Roger. Roger Workman. (laughs) No way. I'll tell you right now. There's no way it was Roger. (laughs) Um, Number one oh nine. Friendly. Okay. Uh, Rizinski. Oh, golly! What a terrible choice. Uh, Lewis. Just Charlotte. Oh. Faraday. Just Daniel. That would have been a bad choice too. Number fifty-eight. Burke. Okay. Juliet. So, Ju- so Julia was a candidate. Um, Rutherford, which we already knew, which could be Shannon. Actually, I think it was Shannon because Boone's last yeah, Boone name. Yeah, Boone had a different Robert. last name. Um, and then we know a lot of the the other ones that are on Is there. Richard on there? No. Richard is not on the list. Interesting. So he was never a candidate. Well, he wasn't a current candidate only because he's been there for like 400 years. So it's possible that he was a candidate. And at we didn't one see time. all the names. Right. Exactly. So. Yes, but I'm looking at them now. All of them? <laughs> yes. All 131 names oh, okay. are, are listed. Who's number he, 131? 131. Um, it just says Jack dot dot dot. So. Just so they're saying, they're saying it, there's a possibility because there was another survivor of Oceanic Fleet 15 uh, named Scott Jackson. So they're saying it could have been him. 
Um, but there's no reveal as to who that was. Where's Hurley on it? <laughs> dot, 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 just sucks. Uh, Hurley is number eight. Ah, ooh, one of the numbers. Well, it's funny because the numbers are four. Four is John Locke. Eight is Hugo Reyes. Uh, 15 is Ford. 16 is Girard. 23 is Shepard. 42? Uh, 42 is Quan. Interesting. That's who we got left. And Kate is on here, but where is she? I don't think she's one of the... She's 108? She's 51. Hmm. Interesting. She's Who's not one of she's not one of the numbers. One oh eight um is Wallace. It just says unknown. Uh, that would have been cool if one oh eight was one of them. I love the numbers. <laughs> you know, it was eight characters are touched in this episode by Jacob. Eight oh. characters. Okay. That was a numbers thing. Yeah, I got it. I figured that out. What else do you have for um what else do you have for this cuz I've gone through a lot of my if not all of my stuff. I think a lot of the stuff that I have is just minor real quick notes. I mean cuz we kind of mentioned uh, obviously the big reveal that John Locke was what was in the box that they were carrying. Um How about the fact that Rydzinski tried to leave his own fucking mistake and he left everybody to die, even though it was his fault. Well, Cause he's unhinged. Yeah. I just hate him. Yeah. Oh, Stuart. He's, he's completely unhinged. Um, I, I mean, yeah, everything else is really quick stuff. Uh, I mean, I'll go through my notes real quick and then we'll, we'll, we'll let everybody else do. Um, <clears throat> Cause I'm kind of crossing stuff off as I'm going that I mentioned uh, we get confirmation full on confirmation that Eloise is pregnant, which we know is going to be Daniel at some point. It's only hinted at last episode. This episode, she flat out mentions it. Um, we have, uh, I forget the character's name, Brad William Hankey's character, Bram, Bram. Bram. Uh, Bram um, they know about the candidates because he even asks uh, Alana, do you think he's a candidate? So they know what the system is. Um, John telling Ben that he's going to kill Jacob. Uh, we have Alana visiting the shack and realizing that someone else has been using it, which we know is the man in black. Uh, Locke planting the, his manipulation seeds very early on. John in a box. What's in the box? I put that too. What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the, what's the, box? the box? Come on. Um, <laughs> Ben kills Jacob. Juliet hits the bomb to boom lost and a huge cliffhanger that I know pissed a lot of people off. Um, and the only other thing I have left is when Jack and Sawyer are leaving Dharmaville and they're shooting after Saeed gets shot. Uh, Jack has the aim of a stormtrooper. That's what I was. That's what I said about all the Dharma dweebs <laughs> is they all. They all have the aim of they have stormtrooper aim. Juliet and Kate, they're getting all the shots. Man, Ju- <laughs> Kate Kate was just a sharpshooter in that one. Oh, God. What else do you have, uh, Des? Let's see. Um, let's see. Well, I have a lot of random shit. How much time you got? Go for it. That's what I just, that's what I just <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, okay. run down. Um, Juliet, she was the Glenn of the Dumpster before Glenn of the Dumpster. <laughs> Um, okay. This is why, why we found out in the Swan video while Pierre has one arm. Um, oh, I didn't pick up on that. That's right. 
Oh, Miles. Dad! Um, oh, the captain of the submarine. Every time I watch this for the first time, I keep thinking it's Lance Henriksen. And then you see him from another view, and he looks nothing like Lance Henriksen. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when you said Lance Henriksen, I was like, really? I don't see that um, at all. Ben getting really annoyed at all of Sun's questions. Um, almost every word of John's mouth is a lie to Richard. You know, you've been here longer than me. I've never seen someone who doesn't age because he doesn't age. Um, and I'm, I'm doing this to thank him for me being alive. No, he's doing this to kill him. Um, right. The only thing he told, said that was true was he's planning on killing all the Ajira passengers. Um, well, wait, how, how was Ben saying I've never seen someone who doesn't age alive? No. Um, Oh, John says that. Yeah. Men in black. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Um, Was anybody else mesmerized by Lapidus' chest hair? (laughs) You know what? I kept, I kept looking at all the blood on him. They all had lots of blood on him. Well, Jack, Jack Jack had a perfect like blood belt. Yeah. Well, that was from Saeed. No, but it was oh. just like this perfect belt. Oh. Um, all the head traumas. I mean, Richard's <laughs> gun to the back of Eloise's head. I mean, that can't be good. For a pregnant woman? Absolutely yeah. not. Um, so when Horace Workman and uh, Jack, and then Jack Workman were like running. You mean Roger Workman? <laughs> well, I meant because of their uni- uniforms. Yeah, but you said Horace. I, I know. Saeed had Horace's uniform on. Horace could Oh, speak. okay. He did. Okay. I never realized how Workman. short Saeed was. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a little now, guy. Now, me and Andrews is only five foot nine. <laughs> and then oh, yeah, he's Jack a is 6'2". I never noticed it before. Um, let's see. He still towers over that. me. Um, I think... for three <laughs> i think we've got yeah well, i'm done <laughs> okay mic drop there you go no clipboards anyway. what about you Kristen? any other any other random stuff final notes let me check because i do feelings a lot with here um i loved rose and bernard's retirement home mm-hmm. um i have I love the showdown between Jack and Sawyer. I just loved it so much. I loved that fight. Long I loved time that fight. Long time coming. Um, blah, blah, blah. Radinsky's an asshole. Radinsky tried to leave his own fuck up. What a tool. That's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. I'm good. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. And which all leads us everything at the end. To a huge cliffhanger as Juliet hits the bomb. That's the last thing I wanted to say. <laughs> is that sorry? Is that the the lost logo at the end the, was inverted? The splash screen was reversed. Yeah. Yep, it was inverted. Yep. yep, it was a white screen with black lettering. With black lettering. Yep. First time we got that. Mm-hmm. Which I I picked up on that as well. So which kind of leads you to believe that everything's going to go back because it's going to reverse. Or it's going to flip on its side. Yeah, but- I was watching some reaction videos right before we got on for people who'd never watched it before. Yeah. This, this one this one girl, she's like freaking out because Juliet was her favorite character. 
Mm, and at I the remember. end of it, she's like, oh, is Juliet alive now? Is she alive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, she's alive honey. at the bottom of the pit. She's going to crawl out. We'll just wait. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got to go watch some of those. Rea- I love reaction videos. I'm gonna I have do to, too. I'm going to have to try and look for some of them. It's funny that you say that, Des, because I almost went down that rabbit hole today um, before the episode. And I said, oh, i got to record in like 15 minutes. I can't go down this rabbit hole right now. Because <laughs> yeah, once you start, you're going to keep going. Yeah. An hour and, goes away. Yeah. yeah. I, did this, I, did the, I did the same thing most recently with um, Star Trek Picard. Uh-huh. I was watching. I was watching reaction videos of the reveal at the end of episode nine, just because I wanted to see if other people had the same reaction I did. And there are a lot of people who had the same. Des, I know you did too. I love that show. Love it. That the end of that episode made me cry, but like good tears, happy tears. Um, cool. Yeah. So that's it. That was a lot. I mean, there is a lot that happens. There's a reason why this episode is rated in the nines. Because it's it's a fantastic finale. You know they they nail their finales every season. They're they're so oh, yeah. their their finales are so good. Well, some people might disagree with you on the next season finale, which is the no. series finale. But I don't care what they think because I loved it. We changed Steve's mind. We can change other people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> we changed Steve's mind about that finale before we even got to it. Yeah. Well, we're really good podcasters, Ben. We're we're some of the best. <laughs> Some people uh, throw around the word legends. I don't. We're legends. <laughs> I have never once referred to us as legends. I haven't heard that one. And I don't think I ever will. At least not until we're done with our Fast and Furious series. That might put us into legend. Category. You can say it like Anne went and say legend. Legend. Um, but mentioning Steve, uh, we have feedback from Steve in the form of a voicemail. I don't know how long this is. I'm assuming it's going to be longer because it's two episodes. Um, But before we, we play that, of course, uh, if you'd like to leave us feedback, easiest way to do that is just go to revisitedpod.com. There you can find links on where to subscribe, how to listen, the videos, and uh, also how to leave us feedback in email or voicemail form. Uh, Revisitedpod.com. But let's play this voicemail from our friend Steve. Hello, Ben and Christian. This is Steve, and we have made it to the season finale of Lost Season 5, The Incident, Part 1, Part 2. Wow. No previously on, just we just start with uh, Jacob, uh, Lucifer from Supernatural. And our first look at the man in black, Bosch from Amazon. Oh, that's right. We see uh, Jacob manipulating the timeline here in this episode. Oh. I have a theory, and I don't remember how things ended because it's been so long since I rewatched. But I think with the incident here, they do accomplish what they set out to do. The only problem is instead of changing their timeline, they just create an alternate timeline. That's where we get the sideways flashes. I know this is going to be a long one because the <laughs> sideways flashes that we're going to get are all about what happens if the plane didn't crash. I just don't remember why the sub comes back to the island because we know that Juliet is going to be at the site of the incident. I know this is all spoilers, but it's a spoiler-filled podcast. There's the confirmation. Uh, ben just said he's never met Jacob. <laughs> I love this conversation between not John Locke and Richard Alpert. I've never seen someone come back to life. I've never seen someone who doesn't age. And I almost forgot. 
Hi, Des. Hopefully you were able to be on this podcast. <laughs> what is all this stuff about the candidate? Are these are they Jacob followers and they're candidates for being the whatever leader of the island? I hate to say it, but what's in the box? Oh, come on. <laughs> a commercial break before we see what's in the silver box. Lapidus just said terrific. And now this is Sawyer as a kid, right? And he's going to meet Jacob just the same way like Kate met Jacob. Okay, so it's Juliet who uh, makes the decision to go back to the island. Okay, the sub's name is Galaga or Galaga. <laughs> okay, I know they said at the beginning of the episode, but I had to take a break. And I don't – what are they doing with the nuke? They don't have to take the whole bomb to the site. Richard visited John three times. In your chess analogy, would Ben now be a pawn that made it all the way across the board and got swapped out for another piece like a knight or something like that? John just said he's going to be the one that kills Jacob. I forgot about this car accident scene. Richard just confirmed that Eloise is the leader of the others now. And Hurley and Jen to the rescue in the Dharma bus. Now I remember this, the return of Rose and uh, what's her husband's name? <laughs> Bernard. Rose just said his name. <laughs> Bernard no, just Vincent? said, we care about being together. And Juliet looked at Sawyer. Oh, oh, the shack. I remember the shack now. I think I remember who's in the shack too. I guess nobody's in the shack right now. Wow. Ben admitting that he lies. Oh, and son just found Charlie's ring, drive shaft. Oh, so he just said the title of the episode, The Incident, mic drop. And on to part two. This flashback gives us the origin of the count to five. You're not scared. This conversation between Jack and Sawyer is great because Sawyer's right. All Jack's got to do is go talk to Kate and it'd be great. Already shared my thoughts about Jack and Ben, you have a button that'll share them. <laughs> Ooh, Sawyer just kicked Jack in the nuts. And yeah, I know I started a lot with oh and whoa and ah. Uh, it's not going to change. <laughs> All right. Trying not to get shook up here. Juliet, you're wrong. You're meant to be with Sawyer. And we know that is going to happen. Okay, so this is how Hurley got the guitar that he brings to the plane with him. The Ajira flight. Jacob just touched John and he opened his eyes. Do you think, did he bring John back to life? Paralyzed? And how much does Jacob know about the people he's visiting? Because obviously, does he, uh, I don't know. Uh, Miles just said the title of the episode, The Incident, mic drop. I just realized Sawyer called Miles Enos. He just called Juliet Blondie. He's reverting. Does Juliet know about the live together, die alone speech? <laughs> A bit anticlimactic. Nothing happened. Okay, now something's definitely happening. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, this is so much more of an emotional scene. This watch through for some reason. Oh, seeing Juliet just, oh, so tragic. Richard just answered the question of what lies in the shadow of the statue, and they didn't show us the translation. Ugh. So I just said, I don't understand, and I don't understand either. I thought the body of John Locke was being inhabited by, oh, uh, I don't remember any of this. Okay, so John just killed, or excuse me, Ben killed Jacob. Juliet's waking up. He just detonated the bomb and white out. See you later. <laughs> First off, Steve, don't ever change. Don't ever change. No, that's that's great. Um, I love him. And and in your honor, I'm going to push the button. Jack just sucks. <sighs> <laughs> um, I a couple things on on his on his feedback. Um, I don't think Jacob is manipulating the timeline. I think he's he's just putting his touch. I think everything that was going to happen was already happening. He just kind of touched them along the way. Um, almost like a blessing, sort of. Um, and the other thing I have, too, is what he said. Um, you know, the past sideways are an alternate timeline. Uh, we're going to find out by the end of the season that's not the case. 
it is not an alternative timeline. It is something completely different, which I won't say because we'll, we'll get to that point by the finale. <laughs> we should leave some things to You've got to leave some mystery out there. <laughs> Uh, oh, Steve, thank you so much. All, as always, you're just you're such a delight to this podcast. I appreciate I his, you. I love his his live Stevings. They're so great. I do. Uh, too. We're gonna have to try and have him back on too at some point during season six to get him. Yeah, back. that would be good. I like that idea. Uh, but again, thank you for the feedback. And uh, if you if you're interested, again, revisitedpod.com. We encourage you to leave us feedback uh, if you want to. That leads us to recommendations for the week. Uh, Kristen, it's your week, but I want to open it up to Des too if he's got anything he wants to recommend for people. I'm sorry. You've already mentioned it. Picard. It was was the best Star Trek movie we've had in 25 years. I I 100% (laughs) agree. Um, I have said for a long time that the Orville is the best Star Trek out there, even though it's not Star Trek. But as far as Star Trek goes, of every series and movie we've gotten, season three of Picard might be the best Trek we've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. It was amazing storytelling. Um, it was fan service to the degree where it wasn't annoying. It was like very heartfelt. Heartbreaking. And- and heartbreaking I mean, yeah. at the same time. It was just, God, there were so many amazing moments, especially in those last two episodes, which ended up being the penultimate in the series finale. Uh, so much so that when they announced they were going to show those two episodes on IMAX in certain theaters, oh, yeah. I searched and there was nothing around me. The mm. closest was New York City. Go. So I, so I, well, I couldn't. It was already too late. Um. But yeah, I agree with you, Des. That the the la- the final season of Picard was just but when they had what well, the one thing that kind of got me that which wasn't really that big of a deal was when Walter Koenig, I think I said his name wrong, did the voice of the president, which it, was actually his son in the Star Trek universe or grandson. It, no, it was supposed to be his son, but oh. then they named him Anton after the actor who played him in the other movies who passed away. Right. Yeah, it was a tribute like, to uh, Anton like Yelton. That. Yeah, which was really, really cool that they did that. Uh, Kristen, your recommendation for the week. Mine is simple and it's old. Um, so tomorrow I am, today's Saturday, so tomorrow I'm recording a podcast on the movie Tombstone. And so we revisited uh, Tombstone last night. We watched it last night, uh, Dave and I. And I just, you just forget how great that movie is. It's like you always say, oh, great movie, solid movie, one of the best out there. And you just, it's something that you just say. And then you watch it and you're like, holy fuck, this movie's amazing. <laughs> like every last piece of this movie is so good. It's Val Kilmer's best performance in his entire career. I, Even more than Iceman? I, no, I, I agree with you. It is. I oh, said what Top I said. Gun's trash. So anyway. <laughs> Top Gun is trash. Thank you. Not Maverick. Oh, Maverick is especially <sighs> trash. Anyways. Oh, oh. we're going to have a conversation. Tom Cruise later. is garbage. We're going to have a conversation. <laughs> the end. Anyway, Tom Cruise is garbage. He's a garbage okay. human that doesn't deserve one. Back dollar. to Tombstone. Back to Tombstone. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Tombstone is just, I, I, I love it so much. I can't wait to talk about it tomorrow. So I recommend watching that movie. And, and in regards to your Tom Cruise comment. Bullshit. Anyway. I've been on that bandwagon for Tom Cruise since the early 80s. So, (laughs) 
Never. Okay. Anyway. No, he's garbage. No, but yeah, your conversation about Tombstone is going to be happening on It's Showtime, folks, over on Podcastica. Yes. So podcastica.com is where you can go to find that. I mean, I mean, and again, we don't do it enough because we are a, this is a joint podcast with Podcastica and with myself. So we don't mention it enough, but there are a ton of other great podcasts over there on Podcastica. So podcastica.com, go over there and check out all the stuff. I mean, the shows that they're covering from you, Sweet Tooth just came back. So I know Paik and Reamer are going to be covering that on Strange Indeed. Jason's been covering The Mandalorian and other Star Trek shows, House of the Dragon with you and Rima. Um, it's, there's so we're many shows to, that are covered. We're going to cover, um, I'm going to be on the Ahsoka podcast in uh, August, and we are starting a Severance podcast in the next month or two as well. And, I, and I'm going to be taking over hosting the cast of us when we dive into the the Walking Dead spinoff Dead City with Maggie and, Maggie and Negan. I so, would like to be on that to shit talk Negan the whole time, but I've already been told no. So by, by me. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And I told you no in the perfect way of a gif of Dwight shoot Dwight Schrute from the office saying, let me think about that. No. Okay. <laughs> then I'll just have to leave you a voicemail every week that says Negan killed Glenn. Let's not forget that Negan is trash. The end. Okay. You can, you so can you take that. that, make it a little button, and then that'll be your button. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Before we start recording, I am. I'm going to record you saying something that I will add to my soundboard. Perfect. And I will use it on the podcast. Perfect. Um, so yeah, podcastica.com is a, a, you know, go over there and check that out. I might as well bring up my Wilhelm podcast too, which, you know, Steve and I actually did an episode of our favorite top five favorite Westerns and Tombstone made the list for both of us. So, of course it did. you know, because it's, it's <laughs> amazing. It's the best. It's, Des, what do so. you have going on? Anything you want to promote? I have no life. I work. <laughs> I work. I sleep. I play Dead by Daylight. That's I was going to say, you can catch Des on Steam playing Dead by Daylight almost every night. At any time of night or day, apparently, from what I hear. Pretty much. Almost, <laughs> almost every night you can catch Des on Steam playing Dead by Daylight. There you go. Perfect. Um, I'm old and I don't know how to, you know. You're so old. <laughs> Share it. Dear God. <laughs> I'm surprised you're still alive at the end of this recording. Seriously. I mean, I started thinking, I'm... Cl- my birthday is closer to World War II than oh today. <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard that comparison before. <laughs> no. I, All right. My dad was in the hospital a while back, and there's this huge timeline of the hospital. And I'm yeah. like looking at him like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> this, this was like. And I'm like on this end of the timeline. Yeah. I, why am I? I'm so much closer to the beginning of this timeline. Why am I closer to the Nazis than I am to my own friends? Uh, well, <laughs> well, to be fair, that could qualify today too. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, on that note, that's um, fair. <laughs> before before we go out, uh, obviously, Des, thank you for coming on. And, and you are so in. fun to have on here, and I want you to come back before we're done. I'm only fun because I haven't slept. Well, <laughs> let's repeat that it's same formula. Delirium <laughs> sets in. 
and and makes it fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're diving into season six uh, in the next episode of the ca- of the cast of us, Jesus, uh, of the revisited podcast, which I do have to say is actually going to be two weeks from the time you're hearing this one, uh, only because I'm working an event next weekend, so we're not going to be able to we're not going to have the time to record. And uh, I teach so- during the week, and I don't have one extra minute of bandwidth to do anything other than get through the day with 100 seventh graders. Yeah. So uh, the video version of this episode will be out on May 3rd, Wednesday, May 3rd. Wait, there's a video version? There will be, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Oh, okay. So we'll just superimpose that. (laughs) Yeah. For the rest of the two hours that you've been the other way. I got dressed today. You know very- there's a video version because you said <laughs> to me before you had a hard time finding it. Um, yeah, so obviously you're hearing this on May 1st. Video version will be up on May 3rd. Uh, next episode of this podcast will be on Monday, May 15th. So two weeks out from now from the time that you're hearing this because, as, as again, I'll be working. But it worked out that it's in between seasons of five and six. So uh, yeah. you're, you're not taking a little bit of a break. And then we actually have to start putting some thought into what we're going to cover next. Well, because I like your original thought. Dexter. Which one? The Once Upon a Time. Oh, Once Upon yeah. a Time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Once Upon a Time is at the top of my list, as is Fringe, which is another one would be very interesting to cover. Fringe. Um I'm down for either one. So and I do wanna I do wanna make a point of mentioning too that with this new format of the podcast changing from we have to go back to revisited, uh, we've had enough. We've actually had some conversations with some other people who might start doing other shows. Mm-hmm while we're covering lost or whatever we're covering next. Um, I know there's a couple people who might be interested in possibly doing Buffy, the vampire slayer Oh, on this, on this particular podcast. Yes. Oh, of, of revisiting Buffy while we're revisiting other shows, not us, but they'll, they'll do it. Right. Themselves. Right. 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 So you might see some other shows pop up, uh, hosted by some other people, which could be fun. Uh, but, that being said, uh, we've reached the end. Thank you to everybody for listening, subscribing, leaving us feedback, uh, everything that you do. Des, thank you again for coming on. Thank you. And doing this. Um, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down the rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yes. <laughs>